0: Today, we continue this series called Bedrock Truths out of the book of First John. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little head start. First John chapter five, if you got it on your phone, you can go ahead and turn there. If you got the app out, North Star Church, Georgia, you can go to that in the app store. Notes are there. And, uh, or you got something, pen, pencil you want to write on, or you're watching online today, you want to type it in. That's great. Next Sunday is an annual tradition, another tradition we have at North Star. We do a share time every year. Sad part is, due to all the environments of this year and handling microphones and different people up, we can't do it, the share time, like we've always done it. But it's even better because a lot of people have a fear of getting in front of crowds, and you don't want to do that, but you can take out your phone and you can record a video and upload it to Norsterchurch.org slash record, 10 to 15 seconds. If you could do it by tonight, with not 10 to 15 minutes, 10 to 15, we will edit you, all right? And so 10 to 15 seconds, I am thankful for whatever. We'll let you fill in the blank. You can upload that by tonight, tomorrow night. That would be awesome. First John chapter 5. John isn't at the beginning of his journey. John is now at the end of his journey. John's not on the front end of all this going, you know, as I go through life, here's some things I'm learning. He's looking in the rearview mirror of life going, here's some things I know that you need to know. Here's some things I have learned that are bedrock solid. I like to say, you can take it to the bank truth. And if you put these things in, it'll change you. Would y'all stand with me today as we honor the Lord by reading his word together. And we'll just, we'll read a couple verses while we're standing, we'll read all of it. So John begins to write to this early church and he tells us really quickly who he's writing to. He said, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the son of God. Time out. So what he's saying is, I'm writing this to those of you who believe, that's who he's writing it to. So this is to the church, they're struggling, they don't know what's right, they don't know what's wrong. Listen to what he goes on to say, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal, what's that word? He said, I want you to have confidence. I want you to have assurance that you know that you have eternal life. Look at what he goes on to say. And since we know he hears, and we're confident he hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him, and since we know he hears us, we make our requests. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you see a Christian brother or sister sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. Time out. So basically what he says is as a Christ follower, as a believer, if you see another believer sinning, you should talk to the Lord about it. And really in other parts of the Bible, says you should talk to them about it. What we shouldn't do is talk to everybody else about it, right? So if we see them, we're really good at that in church, but if you see that happening, talk to the Lord about it and pray that he would bring them back to life. Listen to what he goes on to say. But there is a sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying you should pray for those who committed all wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. The sin that leads to death is the denial of who Jesus is. It's that denial of the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. If when you were growing up, your parents told you, if you don't do your homework, that's the sin that leads to death. They lied to you, all right? And so that is not true. It got you to do your homework. That's not true. What's true is This sin that says, I ultimately reject the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Verse 17, all wicked actions are sin, not every sin leads to death. Verse 18, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. We'll talk about that in a second. For God's Son holds them security, and the evil one cannot touch them. Next verse. And we know that we're children of God, and that the world around us is under the control of, of the evil one. Time out, I want everybody to look at me. This was not written last week. This was written 2,000 years ago. Because since the fall of man, this world has had a ruler in it and the ruler is the evil one. There's a battle that you and I are in. In this battle that you and I are in, is a battle. We better know what we believe. We better know why we believe it. And we better know what we can take to the bank. And that's what we're gonna talk about. Would you pray with me? Father, today, we ask that you speak to us. We ask that you teach us. We ask that you walk with us. Right where you're seated this morning, wherever you're watching from online this morning, would you ask the Lord to speak to you? Would you? Will you tell him, Jesus, when you speak, I'll listen? Father, we invite your voice into our lives today. And Father, I pray this now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated online. Thanks for joining in this morning. You know, I love this. I love where John writes this from. You know, you you learn something as you get older, you lose your filter a little bit. You, You begin to sort of tell it like it is. John's telling it like it is. He's not doing this to win a popularity contest or to make friends. He's trying to let this early church know you are being bombarded and hit from so many directions. Here's some things you need to know. Bedrock truth number one, my eternity is assured. My eternity is assured. Listen to what he said. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may, what's that word? Know. You may be utterly confident that you know that you have eternal life. Why is that such a big deal? When you know that, listen, it changes how you live. Changes how you live now. If I doubt that relationship, I will not live with any confidence in that relationship. Therefore, I will be swayed easier, I will be deceived easier, but when I know I live with a confidence, he's got me and I've got him. It's a game changer. So back during this time, they were they were making so many of these early believers, they were making them doubt and they were making them question. You know, do I, have I done enough? Do I understand enough to understand all of it? He wanted them to know, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. You've reached that point in your life where you go, Jesus, yes, I need you. That's what he, so he's writing to them. And he said, I want you to know this, your eternity is assured. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to question it. You don't have to wonder about it. He's got you, and you've got him. But look at bedrock truth number two. My prayers are heard. My prayers are heard. It was interesting, John immediately ties our relationship for eternity into how we pray. So, let's talk about this real quick. Yes or no question. Is praying important to the Lord? Yes or no? Yes, yes is it even more important to us? Yes, right? So he said, your eternity is secure. Now look at the way he says, it's really interesting the way he notes this. And we are confident that he hears us. So this is is what this means. We have boldness to ask. That's what it means. We are confident. I, I know my relationship with the Lord, so I feel emboldened I can ask. And we're confident he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. All right, let's let's pause there real quick. We would say you could substitute the phrase when we pray anything for his will, right? So what he's saying is God's not a magic genie that we're going to just rub to get out. Something from it. So uh, this past week, I was on a podcast with a guy in Louisiana, and he was asking me some questions, and he said, and, and he's, I mean, he is like legit Cajun. Have you ever heard a legit Cajun talk? You hardly understand him. So he's asking me questions, and I'm trying to decipher in Cajun what he's asking me. And so his question was, when two teams pray that they both win, which one does the Lord ask? Answer. When two teams are praying that the other one wins, that they win, you know, does God answer that prayer? Well, if he did, I would have been undefeated because I always prayed that and it never worked out for me or the teams that I played on. And so we have this whole conversation about praying according to his will. What does it mean to pray according to his will? It means this, ready? If God is here, right, God is here, and every day I get up and I walk towards the Lord, he will change my will to his will, ultimately. Okay, so we get up Monday morning. Sundays were really good. We're like, oh, it's God's day. Monday, another problem, all right? And so, but we get up and we begin to walk towards the Lord. He begins to change us. So we get, how many of y'all read Digging Deeper? Raise your hand if you read Digging Deeper. Um, if you don't, it's okay. But you can get it, you can get it on the app. It's a, it is a devotional written every day. Comes to your inbox, off the sermons from Sunday. Larry Graves writes them, they're phenomenal. I get up, I read my Digging Deeper, and I point my life towards the Lord. I am more likely to pray for what pleases him if I'm walking towards the Lord. But every now and then, we don't do that, right? We're busy, we've got early appointments, and our life does this. When my life walks away from the Lord, there's a very good chance I'm gonna be praying for what Mike wants, not what the Lord wants. Now here's what Mike wants. Simple, easy, no pain. All right, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for everything to go right, for my life to be easy. I'm not praying for his will. Do you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me, but if it's not, may your will be done. That was Jesus aligning his will with God's will. Can I tell you this? He wants you to pray, and he wants you to pray boldly. He wants you to pray. It's not like God's in heaven going, I I don't really care now. You have a relationship with me, I don't care. He wants to talk to you and you talk to him with confidence because you have a relationship. Since we know that he hears us, we make our requests known, we also know he will give us what we ask for. When it lines up, we've just gotta be okay that sometimes the answer is no. We gotta be okay with that, but it's okay to ask. How many of you are Parents, raise your hand. How many of your children have ever asked you for something and you said no? Yeah, if you hadn't said no yet, you ought to try it. It works out really well, all right? And so, you know, that's not best for you right now. All of us as children, I ask for stuff all the time. My parents are like, you've lost your mind. I used to have this dream that we would cut down all the pine trees in my backyard and build a baseball field. And my dad used to go, you're gonna leave us. I don't wanna take care of the baseball field. And literally, so I graduated high school, 87. My parents passed in 2017. From 87 to 2017, my dad would always go, aren't you glad we don't have a baseball field in the backyard? And so he would bring that up all the time. Why? Because it was a crazy request. It wouldn't make no sense. Didn't make any sense, but I wanted it. But the answer was no. Here's what we know though. When we ask according to his will, He desires to meet those requests. We just gotta be okay with what the answers are. Our prayers are heard. Number three, my nature is changed. He takes our heart of stone and he gives us a new heart. Paul said it this way, that when he transforms us, We're a new creation. This is the way John said it. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning because their nature has changed. God has changed who they are. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody who are transformationally changed, like their life used to look this way and now it looks this way. It's radical. You're like, what happened? Well, he changed their nature. So I had a roommate at Liberty Christian University, but the guy, super guy. We we were great friends, but had the shortest fuse of any human being I had ever met. I mean, I'm telling you, something didn't go his way, and I mean, that fuse could blow in a second. It could be grades, it could be his performance pitching, it could have been my performance pitching that made him mad, whatever it was. But I mean, his fuse was so short. Well, I graduated, he stayed on, he had a medical redshirt year. He stayed on another year and we lost touch with each other. It was pre-Facebook, pre-keeping up with everybody. And all of a sudden I find out he's a pastor. And I'm thinking that ought to be some kind of deacon's meeting, that joker's leading because he gets set off quick. I'm telling you, we ran into each other. It was like a different person. The year after I left, he had a transforming meeting with Jesus Christ, changed his life. It was like a different person. Why? His nature changed. God had replaced all that with a fresh new start. Literally, it means he wiped the slate clean and said, you got a new start. And he, man, he took it. He took it. Our nature's changed. Number four, my identity is secure. And this is huge. Huge. My identity secure. Listen to what John says: for God's Son holds them. What's that word? Help me out again. What's that word? Securely. Let's let's talk about that real quick. You're in a battle here. There's a war. It's not a Democrat-Republican war. It's not a North versus South. It's not a Chick-fil-A versus Zaxby's. It's not a, it, it's not a war of, of favorite television shows. No, 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 This is a war for you. It's been going on since the garden. What you don't know is there's one that would love to have your mind, your heart, and your soul. We're just living life. Paul said there is a spiritual battle going on. John refers to it because he said, and the evil one cannot touch them. It's a big, listen, it's a, you're like, "My, come on, it's gobbledygook. No, 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 no. One day, we'll see. But your identity in Christ is secure. So maybe this will help out a little bit. My mom was a banker. She was a she worked at a bank, she worked in the same bank for 36 years, 36 years. So if you had a 30214 zip in Fayetteville, you probably banked with Ann Lynch. My mom's name was Ann, my wife's name was Ann. I've been ruled by an Ann for a long time, all right? And so um, my mom knew, I literally knew everybody. Well, a banker, she did not keep stuff laying around the house. No, she had a safety deposit box. That's how mama rolled. If it was important, it was in the safety deposit box. All all the important documents were put away there. That was just the way that she was. My dad passes. We find out she didn't have one safety deposit box. She didn't trust all the people in that bank. All right, she had multiple safety deposit boxes that different places in town, we had to go find documents. Why? Because she knew there they were secure. She'd so say, Don't leave stuff laying around your house. You, you, she'll say, You tell everybody when you're going out of town, somebody's going to rob you blind. That's what she'd say. Everybody's going to take all your stuff. Don't leave those important documents. So you need to put, make sure those things are secure. You know what John wanted them to know? Your relationship is locked up in a safety deposit box, and there's nothing's going to get to it no matter what the evil one tries to do. Does that make sense to everybody? He's got you. and You've got him. Because whether you know it or not, there's a battle for your heart and your mind and your soul. John said the evil one, here's some good news. He can't touch you. He can't have you. Bedrock truth number five. My Savior is the one true God. This is big. So the believers back then were in a a big struggle because they were being introduced to this whole phrase called, we know it as Gnosticism back then. It was this understanding and it's Jesus and, right? It's, It's lowercase Jesus, lowercase God, and all these other things. And John, John wants to refute that because he's tired of hearing them worry about it, and struggle with it. And, it. and so he says this, and we know that the Son of God has come. He's given us understanding so that we can know the one true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is, what's that word again? Eternal life. He is, nothing else will do that. There's no other way to God but Jesus. That's what he's saying. I know they're telling you all these things. Don't, that's baloney. He is the way. But then he says this. I'm telling you, I've known Christ since I was 14 and was a church kid before that. I've read the Bible a pretty good bit. I've taught it a couple times. It was like this week a spotlight was on this verse. I don't think it was on it for you. I think it was on it for me. I want you to listen to what John closes this chapter by saying, dear children, dear children, all you are coming behind me. Keep away, what's that word? From what? Say it again, keep away from what? That might take God's place in your hearts. Whew. Remember, this wasn't written to those that didn't know. It was written to those that did. Mike, I would never Worship anything but God. So tomorrow at lunch with a leader, a little thing I do here once a month, I'm teaching, or we're finishing the life of Moses and tomorrow's about Moses coming down with the 10 commandments and he comes back down the hill after meeting with the Lord and they're worshiping an idol and Moses gets so hot, he throws down the tablets that God had just inscribed. Like, I would, never, I would never put a little Buddha on my dashboard and ride. I wouldn't do that. No, we wouldn't. But we'll put other things in that place, won't we? See, an idol is anything I think can give me life and give me value. That's an idol. And I will tell you, since coming to know Christ at 14, God has slipped to second place quite a few times in Mike Lynch's journey. I don't know about yours. For for a while, it was a sport called baseball. You know how I found out what it was? When it got taken away from me, I lost my identity for a moment. All of a sudden, I'm on campus and I don't play anymore. And they're not asking me about my season because somebody else is wearing my jersey. I lost my identity. Why? Because it took God's place in my heart for a season of my life. Jobs can do that, can't they? See, I know one day there will be another pastor in this church. And y'all will go, finally. That's what it's supposed to be like. Right? This is it. What have we been missing? Why has Lynch been here so long? I know that. My identity cannot be in my job. My identity can't be in another person. Ann Lynch, is the, my wife, is one of the most incredible people in the world she can't be that for me either. She will leave me empty. Jerry Maguire lied to all of us, right? They will not complete you. That is, that is a lie. It is not true. But We try it. We try jobs. We try security. We try money. See, here's how you know it's not worth putting a stock in. Get this. Whatever you can lose, you better not put in first place. I can lose my job, I can lose my health, I can lose my retirement. I can lose people, we've learned that. I can't lose him. Never put something that can't hold you in first place. John said you're in a battle and things are trying to get in that spot. Focus on Him. Lock your eyes on Jesus every day and walk to Him. And I promise you, He will hear you and you will know it and you'll have security and confidence that He's got you. Would you pray with me? Father, I I don't know who else needed that this morning. I know I did. Mm. In fact, there was... Father, you know, there was a moment I just wanted to teach on that one verse today. God, I know a lot of people listening in online this morning, sitting in this room this morning, they are, they are like me, they know you. But I also know they're like me that other things can slip in your place pretty quickly. And if that's you here today and you say, Mike, I know the Lord, but... I've let some other things slip in front of him. Would you just tell him? He already knows. Tell him, say, God, forgive me. I don't want that. Maybe today, maybe. That first point, my eternity's assured. You go, Mike, I don't know. I don't know but I wanna know, you can. Can I lead you in a prayer to meet him? It's really not the words, it's the cry of your heart. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, did you pray that? I need you. I believe you live for me, did you pray that? I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Father, thank you that you're still in the habit of fresh starts and new hearts. God, thanks for meeting with us today. It's in your name that I pray.